Hello, and welcome to Notes in the Week Ahead, a JP Morgan Asset Management podcast that provides insights on the markets and the economy to help you stay informed in the week ahead. Hello, this is David Kelly. I'm Chief Strategist here at JP Morgan Asset Management. Today is November 14th, 2022. Markets bounced higher last week in a justifiable show of enthusiasm, as the latest CPI data confirmed that inflation is indeed receding. However, even as investors worry less about inflation, they may well worry more about recession. The risk of a near-term recession is climbing. However, such a recession would be more like sliding into an economic swamp than falling off an economic cliff. While a swamp recession wouldn't be very deep, the economy would likely struggle to get out of it. The good news for investors is that a prolonged period of economic swampiness should snuff out inflation and force the Federal Reserve to reverse a significant part of their 2022 tightening. First, on inflation, last week's CPI report showed seasonally adjusted consumer prices up 4 tenths of a percent for the month and 7.8% year-over-year, down from a peak of 9% year-over-year in June. Energy prices rose for the month following three consecutive declines, and food prices climbed by a still very high 0.6%. However, within the food category, it was notable that restaurants posted a 9 tenths of a percent gain, possibly passing through higher labor costs, while food at home prices rose by a more modest 4 tenths of a percent. Elsewhere, prices fell for used vehicles, medical insurance, clothing, airline tickets, and a wide variety of furniture and appliances, as supply chain disruptions continued to ease. Going forward, we expect many of these trends to continue, although they will be partly offset by strong gains in the rent and owner's equivalent rent categories. We expect the year-over-year gain in headline CPI to fall to 6.8% by December, 4.2% by the second quarter of next year, and 3.5% by the fourth quarter of next year. The October CPI reading should translate to a 6.0% year-over-year gain in the personal consumption deflator, which is the Fed's favorite measure of inflation, and we currently expect this to decline to 2.7% year-over-year by the fourth quarter of 2023, really not too far from the Fed's 2% target. Unfortunately, better news on inflation is likely to be overshadowed by worse news in economic growth in the months ahead. The easiest way to appreciate this is to look at the building blocks of aggregate demand within the economy, namely consumer spending, home building, business fixed investment, inventory investment, net exports, and government spending. Consumer spending, which currently accounts for 68% of GDP, could continue to grow over the next year, but it's likely to to do so at a very slow pace. The single most important driver of consumer spending is disposable income, which was boosted in 2020 and 2021 by federal pandemic spending, and in 2022 by strong gains in wages and employment. The pandemic assistance is, of course, now long gone, and payroll employment, which grew by 3.6% over the past year, may grow by less than 1% in the year ahead, as demand slows and labour supply remains very constrained by slow growth in the working age population. Income should get a boost from an 8.7% Social Security cost of living adjustment in January. However, in that month, significant student loan repayments will resume, even if the President's student loan forgiveness plan is not overturned by the courts. Outside of income, losses in stock and bond markets this year could contribute to a negative wealth effect, while consumer confidence is likely to remain low. Pent-up demand for vehicles should allow consumer spending on autos to rise. However, a sharp drop in home sales should undermine the demand for furniture and appliances. Home building, which accounts for just over 4% of GDP, is clearly in trouble. 
There's no particular excess supply of houses. Inventories and vacancy rates are both low by historical standards. However, the 30-year fixed-rate mortgage rate has climbed from 3.11% at the end of last year to 7.08% as of last Thursday. More significantly, the average 30-year fixed-rate mortgage rate from 2009 to 2021 was just 4%. Over the years, the price of land, labour and building supplies have all been calibrated to these low mortgage rates, and home sales and housing starts are likely to fall throughout 2023 because of this. Business fixed investment, which currently accounts for 13% of GDP, will also likely be weak in the year ahead. Commercial construction outside of the energy sector could well move sideways or down, reflecting investor concerns about the demand for office and retail space in a post-pandemic world. Meanwhile, the demand for equipment and intellectual property, while boosted by a labour shortage, could be tempered by increased fears of a recession. On balance, it seems reasonable to expect small gains in business fixed investment in the year ahead. Inventories in the long run have tended to grow more slowly than overall GDP, as businesses implemented just-in-time inventory procedures. This trend was interrupted, however, by super-low interest rates which cut the cost of maintaining inventories, and by the need to avoid shortages following supply chain disruptions in the pandemic. Auto inventories will likely increase in the year ahead from chronically low levels as production improves. However, elsewhere, rising interest rates and recession fears may hold stockpiling in check. In the third quarter, real inventories grew at a $61.1 billion annual pace, and we expect them to grow more slowly over the next year, imparting a drag on real GDP growth. International trade should also be a drag on real GDP growth in the year ahead. Part of the problem is a slow-growing global economy, as Europe teeters on the brink of recession due to the energy price spikes caused by the Ukraine war, and China sees very slow growth due to COVID restrictions and significant problems in its property sector. In both cases, overseas growth could improve over the course of 2023. However, the huge surge in the dollar in recent years, and particularly over the last year, will have a strong lagged negative effect on net exports and thus real GDP in the year ahead. Government spending, which accounts for about 17% of GDP, should be a mild positive in the year ahead, as state and local governments are generally in good financial shape and should gradually fill vacancies. Having said this, Federal government spending should grow more slowly, as the impact of the Infrastructure Investment and Jobs Act, the CHIPS Act, and the Inflation Reduction Act phase in only slowly over time. Adding it all up, declines in home building, trade, and inventory investment probably have the potential to generate one or two negative quarters in real GDP in the year ahead, as growth elsewhere in the economy is likely to be very slow. It should be stressed that if we have a recession, the good news is that it's likely to be a mild one. The lack of overbuilding in the most cyclical sectors of the economy, pent-up demand for labour, strong financial system balance sheets, and the absence so far of some new macroeconomic shock does seem to provide some protection against a worst outcome. However, the bad news is it will be very hard to get out of. A mild recession would likely not create much additional pent-up demand, and assuming we see only a modest increase in unemployment, the employment and income boost from a falling unemployment rate would also be less than normal. Perhaps most significantly, in contrast to each of the last four recessions, there's unlikely to be any significant fiscal stimulus to re-energize the economy. While the Republicans fared worse than expected in the midterm elections, they still appear likely to pick up a majority in the House of Representatives, and it seems very unlikely that a Republican House would support stimulus measures to boost economic growth before the 2024 presidential election. Because of this, eventual calls for stimulus to help the economy would likely be focused on the Federal Reserve. 
In the wake of a benign CPI report, investors now expect less tightening going forward, with futures markets pricing in a pause to rate hikes following a 50 basis point increase in December and a 25 basis point increase in early February. If this does represent a peak in interest rates, Chairman Powell has expressed his desire to hold rates at this level until inflation is firmly on track to hit the Fed's 2% objective. However, throughout 2023, it will be these higher rates that we blamed for keeping the dollar elevated and the housing market sliding. If this transpires, there will be increasing pressure on the Fed to reverse course, and they could start to do so in late 2023. Given the lags with which interest rates impact both housing and trade, it's unlikely that the economy will pick up much pep in early 2024, which would put further pressure on the Fed to cut interest rates. While they're unlikely to cut the federal funds rate all the way down to the zero lower bound as they did in the wake of the financial crisis and the pandemic recession, they could well eventually reduce it to a zero real rate level, or about 2% in nominal terms, in an attempt to boost the economy. This would presumably lead to a decline in mortgage rates and could cause the dollar to fall also. This should gradually stabilize housing, net exports and inventory growth and allow the economy to resume a path of slow and steady growth with relatively low inflation and interest rates. While this would not be a particularly satisfactory economy for workers or consumers, it should be a good one for financial assets, a particularly important point to consider given the markdowns in both stock and bond prices so far this year. Well, that's it for this week. Please tune in again next week, and if you have any questions in the meantime, please reach out to your J.P. Morgan representative. This content is intended for information only based on assumptions in current market conditions and are subject to change. No warranty of accuracy is given. This content does not contain sufficient information to support investment decisions. It is not to be construed as research, legal, regulatory, tax, accounting, or investment advice. Investments involve risks. Investors should seek professional advice or make an independent evaluation before investing. The value of investments and the income from them may fluctuate, including loss of capital. Past performance and yield are not indicative of current or future results. Forecasts and estimates may or may not come to pass. J.P. Morgan Asset Management is the asset management business of J.P. Morgan Chase & Company and its affiliates worldwide.